Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the charity shop at your free throws because they're free. And the horns up talking Texas podcast. Fisher, DJ Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. We're combining it all into one today. And normally we wouldn't talk anything but our Texas Longhorns, but we do have a game seven tonight. Houston versus Texas. It is the Texas Bowl to see who goes to the World Series in the American League. The Texas Rangers go into the Houston Astros home. They beat them 9-2. to Adolis Garcia. Boo birds are out. It does not matter. He hits the game. It's the game ceiling. See a pack your bag slam that he hit last night and emphatically did so. He's been killing it this playoffs. And we have a game seven. We have Christian Javier, who had a very up-and-down season for the Houston Astros, um, but he's coming in and like he was last playoffs, he's been he's been pretty phenomenal in the playoffs thus far. And you have Max Scherzer, who's got the name recognition, but he hasn't. He was bad in his first start back, and he's been injured, and that was his only game in the playoffs. I know where your heart is because for your parlay of the Phillies to win and the Texas Rangers to win, you need the Rangers to win tonight. But what are you thinking in the ALCS Game Seven? Uh, I mean, I think you just got to rock with hot, and it's kind of what the trend shows. Um, the Rangers are seven and zero in road games in the postseason, and you know they had a really emphatic win last night, as you mentioned, nine to two. You know, probably could have been even, you know, a bigger margin than that. Kyle Tucker robbed a home run in the ninth inning, so you know the the bats are hot, obviously, and so I think the the ball is in Houston's court. Um, haven't been able to get it done at home this whole series, so it can go any way. I, I know Houston right now is the favorite when it comes to betting, but not by a large margin. So I'm going to roll with the Texas Rangers. I think, you know, Bruce Bochy is one of those managers that really gets the most out of his team. And in a game seven, you know, he's been there before. I think they're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I saw a hilarious meme that was basically like Nathan Eovaldi uh, coming out of the tunnel to pitch in game seven. It was like Bill Belichick, like, you know, like the meme where he's just like, yeah, <laughs> running out. Just, yeah exactly. He's like, like no, no, nothing on his face, just dead stone cold. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, the Texas Rangers like the Houston Astros when they get hot, they get hot and they got hot last night. You know, their lineup is just as good and just dangerous. And the Astros obviously, you know, they, they took the lead first. And they struck first, and they thought, "Oh no, this is going to be a long game. They're going to they're going to be popping champagne at the end of this one." But right. Jonah High and Mitch Garver took control, and and that was it. And, they, and, the, and the Rangers never looked back. I think the Phillies get it done. I think Aaron Nola on the bump tonight. Wheeler Nola, Ranger Suarez, it's been killing it for the Philadelphia Phillies. They're a juggernaut. They're at home against the Diamondbacks, and Merrill Kelly's been good. But I think the Phillies get it done. It's going to be a really really interesting game. It's what version of Christian Javier do we get? I think that's what it comes down to. Like Mad Max is not going to be any worse than he was last time. Right. Like he's not going to blow up for six. He's not going to do a Clayton Kershaw 0.1 inning, six earned runs. That's just not right. Scherzer. You could get a four inning, three earned run game. You get a three and three and two thirds, three run game from him. Or if you're Max, you know, this is it. Like this is why you acquired Max Scherzer for this moment. 
It's literally this moment. He may not be at full health, but if he comes in and he's Max Scherz, he goes six innings, two earned runs, one earned run, seven Ks, and he's really dealing out there. Like I, I really think the Texas Rangers can take this one home. It's truthfully anyone's game. Um, and I, I would probably ride with the Rangers considering they got it done last night and they have the momentum going into a game seven. Yeah, I agree. I mean, watching Bryce Harper stone cold stare down Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker after he hits a big home run, watching them, you know, sitting front row is, is an awesome moment. And, you know, I've, I've been harping on this, no pun intended, about mm. the playoffs all, all, all postseason that ESPN wrote an article ranking him the 40th best player in, in the postseason. And it's so funny because he is making them eat their words and he's been nothing short of electric. So uh, I do think the Phillies get it done too. Um, didn't expect this series really to go past six games, um, let alone five games. I thought this was going to be like a four, one, maybe even like a, just a clean sweep by the Phillies, mm. but the Diamondbacks definitely showed a lot of fight, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to ride what my heart says, you know, and, I put down the exact bet for the Phillies and the Rangers to meet in the World Series, and they're both one win away. So I got to ride the wave. Got to ride the wave. You got to ride. The... Are you going to hedge it or not? You're just going full no. out. I mean, how could you hedge it? Because if one of them makes and the other one doesn't, you still lose the bet. You still lose the bet. I mean, I guess the only like somewhat I'd, I'd have, palpable have hedge would be just picking all three of the all three of the matchups. I mean, I I guess the palpable hedge would be Houston and Philly. Yeah, that would probably be the, like you you parlay Houston and Philly tonight, or you parlay. But Arizona. I also would also lose if Arizona actually made it. So, yeah, I don't. I think the there's no hedging. Yeah. No hedging. There's there. no no real hedging. All right. Well, speaking of hedging, um, if you bet if you bet on the 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 Longhorns to win it all, there's uh. There's some serious hurdles to overcome and some serious uh, hedging that you can't do because it's a long-term bet. Our Texas Longhorns head to Houston. We were up 21-0 on the Cougars, and yet we barely escaped this one. They score 21 on answer to answer back, and we lose our starting quarterback, Quinn Ewers, two to four weeks. He'll be out. We'll be riding Malik Murphy or the prince that was promised in Arch Manning. Um What's your biggest takeaway? Maybe a positive that you saw, and then we'll get into a negative a pop. Um, I mean, the offense, that's that's a positive for me that they started out really hot. You know, it's its the most points I think we scored in the first quarter all season long, and it, it looks really good, but they slowed down. It's, it's basically the opposite of what we had all season long, and the offense is going to look a little different next week without Quinn Ewers, but – um, yeah, I like that you're getting A.D. Mitchell and, and Xavier Worthy both in the mix early. Uh, you know, A.D. Mitchell only had that one catch for a touchdown, but then the day, like, you know, you're spreading the ball out and you're getting the ball to your play playmakers early and exposing the defense. Um, I was a little concerned with our defense, you know, throughout the game, just being able to create pressure. I kind of just feel like our, our D line, you know, is, is getting to the quarterback but I think a lot of the times, especially with athletic quarterbacks, they're overcommitting and they're not able to wrap up and make the tackle, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like they overcommit and get juked out, or you know, the guy slips away. And we saw that against Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel. You know, we saw that you know this last week with Houston's quarterback. You know, we we even saw that a little bit in Alabama. Um, you know, with uh, Milrow. So I think we just need to. 
a guys need to stay at home. That's like a big thing to to teach there and, and not like over commit, you know, when it comes to playing these super athletic quarterbacks, but look, a win's a win, you know, we seven point win too at, at that, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't as close as, as the game kind of led on throughout the whole game as you watched it, but wins a win, you know, five more lefts. Hopefully we get it done. And I think coming home is much needed at BYU, you know, a home crowd to, to give the team some momentum and some juice and then another home game against Kansas state. Yeah. I three sacks is solid, but we could have had more. Um, I think Jalen Ford had a really nice game despite struggling heavily against Oklahoma. He bounced back off a bye week really nicely. So I was really, I was pleasantly surprised to see him. Xavier Worthy, you mentioned like him and Quinn's connection. I know where it's going to look, the offense, like you said, it's going to look very different next week. Um, But having Xavier Worthy, you know, quietly every game, 90 yards, 90 yards, 90 yards. He's just an uber efficient wide receiver and he's everything that we've hoped he can be. Still not great in the punt return. Freaks me out there, but he's been very strong. Brooks, like we got the win. It was a it, look. Dana Holgerson's always going to play us tough. He 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 knows from the West Virginia days. He's beaten Texas a few times. Like he he gets it, and, and that's his Super Bowl. You could see it on his face at the end of the game. How devastated he was when they lost. Um, he really really desperately wanted that one. And and, and their quarterback, you know, by and large, like they're run. They didn't really do much in the running game because they you know they were playing from behind. But Donovan Smith had a really strong game. Man, Jack had some crazy catches without gloves. Golden too. Um, our coverage could have been a little bit better. Um, and I, like you said, our pass rush, we could have really wrapped and, and, and really, you know, made it a lot tougher for the Houston Cougars to, to be in this game. Um, it's definitely not the result I thought we were going to get when we were up 21, nothing. I, we were talking at the bar. We're like, are we going to see Malik Murphy, which we did, but it was in the completely different capacity. We saw Malik Murphy that we thought we were going to see him. So yeah. going forward for us, like BYU is not a rollover team. Like Keaton Slovis, as I know, he's been hopping around. Not maybe, not maybe to the tune of JT Daniels, but they're he's a very. Two. They're five and two. He's a very experienced quarterback, you know. And, and and the games they lost at Kansas by eleven, and they got smacked by TCU. But they went and they beat Texas Tech last week. They've beaten Cincinnati. They went into Arkansas, and I know they're having a down year, but still not an easy place to play. And they beat the Arkansas Razorbacks. So this BYU team is no joke and we're vulnerable. You know, this is the ultimate game for the defense to step up and be a top tier defense. Like we've imagined it to be. This is a, the game that I've been circling all season long to watch out for because, mm-hmm. you know, as history shows BYU has given us problems, you know, back in the day with Taysom Hill. Um, so I, I really hope that this is the game that they take care of business, you know, and just don't, don't leave any doubt that this is a team that truly belongs to be in the college football playoff. I mean, coming off of a, a close win against Houston, you still move up one in, in the rankings. Like it's, that's great. I mean, we're number seven now, but I'm super excited to see Malik. I mean, that's, that's why you go out and get guys like this, you know, winning programs have stables of arms, Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia. I mean, like these teams just have guys that they can turn out. You know, if one guy goes down, next guy comes up. We saw it with Tua Tagovailoa. You know, we, we saw it in Ohio State when Carl Jones had to win the, the national championship for them. Like, if you want to be a winning program, you need to have multiple guys that are ready to compete right away that can get it done, that can win ballgames for you. And so the fact that we have this deep quarterback room with Malik, and if, if Malik goes down, we got Arch Manning. I mean, I wouldn't like to see Arch Manning get rushed into the program. I mean, he is a, a redshirt freshman right now, but – then the day, like 
having those guys, having that safety blanket is why you recruit these five-star guys. You know, people always wonder, it's like, why we have so many, you know, guys that sitting on the bench and at the end of the day, this is why, you know, I mean, Quinn has been injured multiple times in his career now. And so I don't, we don't know how much longer he's going to be out for, but everything that we saw and, and indicated in spring, Malik had an amazing spring. Quan said he saw it firsthand, you know, all the writers have been talking about it. Players are behind it. I mean, there's a reason why this guy was a five-star coming out of high school. And he's an athletic specimen, of course. But I- I'm-, I'm excited to see what he can do. Because this this is a guy that we were talking about potentially being our starting quarterback for next season. So, I mean, no better time to get your reps in you know, than a pretty manageable Big 12 stretch to end the season and you know get into the conference championship and then if- eventually the cultural playoff. Yeah, I can't say it better myself, honestly. Um, like, how many times in that Sunday night football game do they show the graphics of Tua and Jalen Hurts being teammates? Jalen yeah. go, Jalen comes out, Tua in. Tua goes down, Jalen back in. Tua goes down the next year, like you said, Mac Jones in. And then obviously the Ohio State example is phenomenal. Like, that's why you recruit. That's why you have deep classes. Like, look what Georgia's able to do. Like, Georgia hasn't missed a beat. And got into a bar argument like if what happens if Texas wins out, Washington wins out, Florida State wins out, one of Michigan, Ohio State wins out, and Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship. It's the big debate. Like, does Texas jump them? If they went out, they beat Oklahoma again. It's very interesting because Toss actually yesterday we were talking about it. He said, Well, they would be undefeated in the regular season, Georgia, and they've got back to back. And the guy at the bar says back to back, but you obviously us beating Alabama and Alabama beating them is a huge monkey wrench for that. But you know, yeah. again, they're a wagon and they continuously churn out players and they churn out depth. And that's how these great programs are not just flash in the pans. Cool for one year. Like, Oh wow. We're in the playoffs. We like no offense to TCU, but like, do we really anticipate TCU making the playoffs again anytime soon? Cause their program is no. not built that way. No, no, no. That was a, that was a flash in the pan for sure. But what I'll say, if Georgia, if that were to happen, hypothetically speaking, and Georgia lost to Alabama and we beat OU, I'd have to say that we'd get in because we beat the team that beat us already, right? So there's no other teams that have beat us that really, you know, you can kind of put on like, oh, like that one loss that they suffered against Baylor earlier in the year, you know, like that's the one blemish. The one blemish of the season is a team that we got redemption on. So yeah, I think that's that was my they, argument. That's why the Avengers are lost. They, yeah, exactly. You avenge yourselves and you show that you are the better team in the bigger game, right? For the conference championship and you are the, the conference champion and you got to give love to that. And then the fact that we beat the team that is the SEC champion in Alabama, I think would trump Georgia. Yeah, I, I that's my argument was we avenge our loss and we beat the team that beat Georgia. Like you can't just like be you can't be rewarding teams off what they've done in years past. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I love rooting for Bama this season because, you know, every loss just makes our win look better. Or, sorry, every win that they have makes our win look better. So, I mean, it's fun rooting for Bama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, they, like, again, like when Tennessee – and they're not they're not the best Bama team we've ever seen, but they have some really good defensive players. Like, Kool-Aid McKintree's really good. Dallas Turner's had a sick season. Like, he's <clears> another guy that's just an absolute monster. And his, his name is kind of sick. Like, you know, when you see a player with like the like, sick names and you just, and, the, and they're dirty, it just like heightens it that much more. Like Dallas, Dallas Turner and Corey McKinstry, like 
if their yeah. names were like not as cool, they wouldn't be as good. Um, it's just like one of those effects. Yeah. yeah I, I, again, like, you know, we just got to continue to take care of business and BYU, like they let up 150 rushing yards per game. So look, Jonathan Brooks didn't have the massive game. We all thought he was going to have this past weekend in Houston, but he can get right back in, into the Doak Walker race, you know, leading that if he has another monster game against BYU at home. And I'm, and I'm hoping that the, the game plan relies heavily on him. And I, and I anticipate him delivering on that. And if look, Best thing that could happen is Jonathan Brooks is running wild. How much easier does that make life for Malik to come in and just relax and do his thing, open it up, hit his receiver? So much less pressure. Um, A couple bigger picture things. Back to the big picture of the sporting world. Nick, your bet of Michael Penix Jr. to win the Heisman. He was the favorite jumping Caleb Williams up until this week, struggled against Arizona State. J.J. McCarthy has now jumped – favoring michael Penix, who's now plus 275 mccarthy yep. is plus 180 honestly my favorite bet right now or my two favorite bets right now are sitting pretty pretty um at plus 600 Jaden daniels who's been statistically the best player in college football he's putting up the best numbers for lsu and right. lsu has a bye week this week and then they have alabama so if you're looking to make a bet, in my opinion, I would take Jaden Daniels betting on the fact that a, he continues to put up the numbers. And like you say, Nick, you know, and when you've spoken to a Heisman voter, they always look to the big game. Does he show up and show out in the big game? And he has a big game coming up in Tuscaloosa. So you're betting on Jaden Daniels coming into Tuscaloosa and throwing up crazy numbers, which if he does that, I think could thrust him. Like, cause JJ McCarthy, it's not like JJ McCarthy's passing numbers are that great. And it's not like his running numbers are that great. Well, yeah, what I was about to say is that they really haven't played anyone that good all season long. Either, all exactly. Their, all, their, all their tough games are, you know, towards the end of the season. I mean, you got Penn State and you got Ohio State. I think Washington, I mean, they've played Oregon. That was a great game. That was the first true test for Washington. Um, but then they have, you know, in a couple of weeks, USC, Utah, and Oregon State back to back to back. So that'll be a true test. I, I still think that Penix is going to end up running away with it at some point. Um, this was just a fluke of a game, in my opinion, against Arizona State. But with Michigan, you know, I mean, Penn State's defense is no joke. Ohio State's defense is no joke. They really haven't played, you know, any team that has given them a a true test. I mean, they've literally not let up more than 10 points to any opponent all season long. Minnesota scored 10 on them, and that's the most that Michigan has allowed. So we'll, we'll really just have to see when there's adversity thrown at Michigan, how J.J. McCarthy plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think I, I'm with you 100%. I would still think Penix to me is probably like a, a safe bet uh, along with my guy, Jen Daniels. But I know Bo Nix lost to Penix, but it really wasn't his fault. It was Dan Lanning's fault. And he goes to Utah and he and, and then they still have the USC Trojans. So he has a sure. few big games late in the season. Um, and if, if Washington could fall and they don't head to the Pac-12 championship and it's the Oregon Ducks that represent um, and, and are fighting for you know a Pac-12 championship and a playoff spot, I think Bo Nix at plus 1,200 is a pretty sneaky bet. Uh, and lastly for, lastly, for the college football talk today, this is something that really frustrated me. Emmanuel Acho, yes, great Texas Longhorn proud of everything that he does on broadcasts and, you know, in sports media, it really is disheartening to see a former player come out and be like, Caleb Williams should sit the rest of the season after losing the two games. 
Yes, he's lost back-to-back games. Yes, they're probably not going to the playoffs. And yes, his Heisman hopefuls, his Heisman odds and chances, even though he's still putting up crazy numbers this season by and large, are, are, are in trouble. But they could still compete for a Pac-12 championship. They still have a lot of games left to play. They have to play Washington. They have to play Oregon. Um, they have to play their foe in UCLA, and they could play spoiler to those teams too. You know, I just think it's such a bad mentality and sends such a bad message to the young athletes of the generation. Okay, yeah. if things aren't going your way, just take the bag and quit. I agree with that. Um, and let's just say he tore his ACL. Would he still be the number one overall pick in the draft? Yeah. Exactly. Was I mean, he the best player in college football this year? Was I, I mean, no. Is he? Okay. No. But I, th- I think when you talk about value, right, and – what people see in him and his talent, you know, I mean, he's, he might end up being the best NFL player and that's in college right now. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, obviously guys bust all the time, but people have come back from injuries so much quicker and so much stronger, you know, in recent years, we see it all the time. And so not saying that he's going to get injured, obviously we'd never hope injury on anyone at all, but if he does get injured, I just don't think it really hurts his stock that much. No, and they're so. still fighting for something, though. For real. There's still guys on the team that are seniors. Like these, A lot of these guys, this is their last football game they'll ever play. What kind of message does it send to your teammates? And yes, you still be a top three, five pick, first overall pick even. But what kind of message does it send to the NFL and NFL fan bases, NFL management, that you just quit on your team like that? It's yeah. kind of blasphemy. It's, it's really terrible and really shaky advice to the, to the youth to the youth athletes. I really I just, gonna, I don't think he's going to sit out. I, I like sitting out a bowl game is one thing, you know, meaningless bowl game, but like you're still in it for the, for the conference championship. I agree with you. Your, your teammates, you know, rely on you. Those are guys that you, you know, share locker room with share meals with, you know, are with literally 24 seven, almost I'm sure your rooms with some of these guys, like it, it's, it's a bad message that you're sending to future teammates, future coaches, organizations that you're just not fully bought in on the program. It's more about you than anything. So I, I, I agree there. And then, you know, I mean, you cover UFC, so, so you see, and I don't really think it's going to happen. I think that's just no. like a comment. He that loves his teams. He loves exactly. his teammates. And you know what? These other guys like Taj Washington, who's an upperclassman going to go to the draft, like his stock matters. Like Caleb Williams playing affects other people's draft stock. It's also development too. Like, Getting these games in is valuable. You know, like you're playing against top tier guys that are going to end up getting as well. So it's like, why would you take off those reps? You know, it's like the same thing as just like, oh, I'm not going to practice right now. Like, you need to get all the reps in that you can before you know when you make your debut in the NFL. Because odds are, if if you're going to be the number one overall pick, you're probably going to be starting. For, oh yeah, for, I mean, unless you get drafted by a team that like already has a, a quarterback, you know, that you can sit behind, which like I don't really see that happening. But yeah, Denver maybe, you know. But like, then the day it's just you need those reps, and there's no better reps you're gonna get than playing against top tier teams, you know, vying for a conference championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree. And Mike Gill, who I retweeted the Emmanuel Acho thing from, his one of his big points is like he playing time is still so valuable for this kid. It's not like, look, if Caleb Williams in the last three games, two of them being losses, had he been tearing it up, 
and the defense just fallen flat and like, you know, been sus and they blown it. I'd be like, okay. Like I, I, I could somewhat see where you're coming from where this kid's leaving it all out of the field and absolutely killing it. He threw three interceptions last game. Wasn't good the week before, right. Against Arizona state, he struggled. And then he had other, he had a really t- yeah. He was okay against, you know, uh, against like a good U defense, but he was just okay. So he wasn't anything special or exceptional there. Um, to me, you know, he still needs more time and more seasoning because Marvin Harrison Jr. has proven to be the best player in the nation. Like he's probably the best prospect right now, overall, regardless of position. So if you're not yeah. the best prospect or the best player, then you you got to keep playing. Like Trevor Lawrence was the first overall pick, but he was the best player and the best prospect. Ditto with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was by far like you he, he left no doubt. Like Herbert and Tua were great prospects, but he was the best prospect and best player. Like you have to be both, you know to really leave no doubt. And the, and Caleb Williams hasn't done that this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, horns up. We'll get more. We'll get more of a prediction, more of a preview versus BYU. Uh, in the Houston game, again, you know, Ford, really strong, worthy, strong. Um, I'll quickly throw out some offensive linemen, um, how they played because we don't really get to see statistical stuff, but it's always fun and always nice to see how they did on PFF running the ball. Banks, Connor majors, Campbell, all 80 grades, dude, all 80. Oh, sorry. And pass block all 80. We love to see that run block. They had a bit of a tougher time. Uh, Banks and Jones were the highest graded guys, but they were both in the sixties. So I would have loved to see them have a bigger game. Um, yeah, I mean Brooks really strong. Uh, red, I like our packages with red. I would love to see him out a bit more. And Baxter, I thought showed some nice flashes. Yeah, Savior yeah. and Red, he's been great. I mean, I, I I love the Wildcat package. I'd like to see more of that, honestly. Not just only in you know high leverage fourth and one situations. Like if we're down there in the goal line, or you know even if they're just like you know we need to run some clock. Like I like the idea of having him out there. You know, especially giving you know at the time Quinn Ewers some time off, you know. But yeah, I mean, that, if you have an effective run game in college football, I mean, since there's always a running clock, like you you can just dominate a game. So the yeah. more the more ways that you can show that you can run the ball, not just with your running backs, but in different packages and in different formations, the more dangerous you are as a team because teams have a hard time game planning that. Yeah, and the last couple of things I'll say is we have to be better on third down. Three of 12 is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Unacceptable, especially against a, a susceptible Houston team. <clears throat> and the penalties is ridiculous. You yeah. mean to tell me they had one penalty, and that penalty came with like how much time left in the game? Fourth quarter. Not a single, no holding penalties at all. Not a single holding penalty barely called on us all year. On like either could, side of the ball, it's like ridiculous. Could be that Big Twelve send off that we were looking for from these referees. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. Um, but yeah, good win. Way to come out there unscathed. Um, and I think you know going forward, like we just have to see what we have with Malik. We'll have a really better assessment and a better preview coming up for the BYU right. game, which you've had circled on your calendar. All right, right. we'll see you guys next time. One thing I will just say to close this out, you know, in in terms of the Big 12, Big 10, sorry. One thing I will say to close this out in terms of the Big 12, the send-off, the referees, the commissioner, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And they are crying right now. They are crying a lot. They are are crybaby city right now.
Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's go get a win at BYU. Good one against Houston, even though it wasn't pretty at times. You you closed when you were supposed to close, which is what we love about this team. You don't let them back in, which easily could have happened. And it was a better showing than OU had at home against UCF. So that's also always nice to see. Fisher, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crider. We'll have Quan and Alex Tossman, Rockasopolis next time on the show. Get your horns up. Hit your free throws. We actually love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.